The Office of Special Counsel has prized the federal community with last week's recommendation that White House aide Kellyanne Conway get canned. OSC finds her to be a serial breaker, their word, of the Hatch Act, a venerable law that prohibits politics on the job, whether by appointees or career employees. Here with a short refresher on the Hatch Act, attorney Joanna Friedman, a partner at the Federal Practice Group. Ms. Friedman, good to have you on. Thank you. Well, let's start with the Kelly and Conway without our making a judgment one way or another on her. But I've never seen, I don't believe, the Office of Special Counsel directly recommend removal of someone. Isn't that normally what they would leave to agency discretion? Yes, it is. It is very rare that the Office of Special Counsel is going to make a recommendation for termination of a federal employee. The OSC has jurisdiction, certainly, to investigate complaints and make recommendations um, of of prohibited personnel practice complaints and violations. Um, However, with the Hatch Act, it it would be a very uncommon occurrence that they would actually be making a recommendation for termination. And having dealt with these cases, can you hazard any guess as to why they would do that in this case? Well, the record seems to reflect that Ms. Conway is a repeat offender of the Hatch Act. The OSC put her on notice um, of her previous violations. They took steps to ensure that she understood the law and, and what she was allowed and not allowed to do. And it appears from her recent um, conduct the past couple months of this year that she has essentially thumbed her nose at the law and the notifications that the Office of Special Counsel gave her. In this case, then, the firing authority or the decision maker to keep her on or off the job would be the executive office of the president then, correct? Correct. Because of the nature of Ms. Conway's appointment being a senior counselor to the president, she actually serves at the pleasure of the president. So ultimately, he has the final say. Now, when you get to the Hatch Act writ large for across the federal bureaucracy, is the same flavor of the Hatch Act, does it apply to career federal employees as well as political appointees, or are there different flavors here? Well, the Hatch Act certainly applies to all federal employees, and that does include political appointees. However, there are two different categories of employees that the Hatch Act fits into. Essentially, there's the less restricted employees and the further restricted employees. The further restricted employees are those employees that are presidential appointees actually confirmed by Senate. They are non-career and career members of the senior executive service and then typically intelligence and most law enforcement employees. That's the further restricted. Yes. So with the further restricted, they have a extra set of prohibitions in terms of what is not allowed um, in their capacity um, as federal employees. The vast majority of federal employees actually fit into the less restricted, and and that would actually include include Ms. Conway as well. And and essentially what, what it says is that they can actively participate in partisan political management and campaigns, but they cannot use their official authority or influence to affect the outcome of an election. They cannot solicit, accept, or receive a political contribution. They cannot be candidates, let's say, in a partisan election, and um, they cannot discourage the political activity of a person within the capacity of their employment. So in the case of 
Kellyanne Conway, you said would be one of the less restricted, but speaking in a campaign type manner uh, in public while on the job then would still be prohibited under the Hatch Act. Correct. What, what's important to understand in the Hatch Act is political activity is actually defined as any activity directed at the success or failure of a political party or partisan political group or candidate in a partisan race. And that is why um, the activity that Ms. Conway has participated in is, is prohibited because she's actually um, you know, making comments with an attempt to dissuade the public from voting for certain candidates. We're speaking with Joanna Friedman. She's a partner at the Federal Practice Group. And normally, would someone coming into a job as an appointee or joining the government new, say, at the senior executive level or something like that, would they would their ethics training typically include information on the Hatch Act? Absolutely. The, the purpose of the Hatch Act is to ensure that our government programs are administered in a nonpartisan fashion to protect employees from political coercion and ensure that employee advancement is based on merit and not political affiliation. So because of that, all federal agencies you know, take this very seriously and are going to provide training to um, their employees and especially upper management employees at the beginning of their tenure to ensure that there are not violations under the Hatch Act. Now, I have known people that are politically appointed, but to jobs that look like career jobs, CIO and that kind of thing, and they have taken vacation time to go work on a campaign when they're off the job. That is kosher, correct? Correct. If they are not in their official duty capacity. So, again, the issue with Ms. Conway is that when she has made the comments um, that she you know, made about um, political candidates, she is, is representing herself within her official capacity. When you get to the level of the regular federal employee just going to work, the GS 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, they have prohibitions about, say, wearing campaign buttons or bumper stickers in the parking lot. That has gotten some people in trouble or even, I don't know, using a federal computer to say something political to someone else and have gotten reprimanded under the Hatch Act. Is that under the less restricted, under the further restricted? And how does that get interpreted in terms of, say, you're wearing a campaign button trying to affect how someone else votes? Well, that's going to apply to all federal employees. And what it's important to understand there is that when a federal employee is on duty, they simply cannot engage in political activity. So they're on duty when they're in a pay status, and if they're representing the government in any type of capacity. So if you are at your office, you cannot wear um, a button that has some type of slogan referring to a partisan candidate because that is engaging in political activity while you're in a duty status. And if you're a regular staff person and someone from the political level, or I guess anyone comes in wearing a feel the burn button or a MAGA hat, whatever the case might be, both sides, what should you do? There's two actions that an employee could take. Um, one, they can actually file what we call a PPP complaint at the Office of Special Counsel, and that's a prohibited personnel practice complaint, where you make a disclosure and you report um, the activity that you observe that you believe to be unlawful. 
In addition to that, or separate from that, you can contact your Office of Inspector General, your OIG, and make the same type of report. And I guess the third option always is to report it to your supervisor. Sure. And have you ever had a case where someone was accused of this type of thing but was found to have not committed a, per- a prohibited personnel practice? No, because the law is is a bright line rule here. I mean, it's it's pretty black and white um, in terms of you know what is accepted and what is not accepted. And if if employees are confused, um, the Office of Special Counsel has a very useful web page where it goes through several scenarios um, of what is and what is not allowed in terms of political activity. Joanna Friedman is a partner at the Federal Practice Group. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second. Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.